Welcome back to the Nerd Review. You're listening to the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, books, and comic books. We are coming back from an impromptu hiatus, and you are listening to Season 2, Episode 9. If you saw my post from what has now been almost a month ago, like I said, impromptu hiatus, today's episode is about Photon, the YA novel adaptation of the Photon TV series from 1984, which is in itself an adaptation of another property, but no spoilers. We're going to get into that shortly. So without further ado, let's jump into season two, episode nine of the Nerd Review. So today's main topic is the Photon book. But before we get into that, it's going to be a general nerd update and just some discussion about things that I've been up to and some cool nerd things and all that stuff that we love here at the Nerd Review. So it, it has been a crazy month, like I said, impromptu hiatus. So much has been going on. Spring finally came through and the weather got so nice here in Montreal and I've been hitting the trails and going for hikes trying to be a bit more active which has been amazing I hike up to the top of this small hill from this little overgrown path that no one really uses in the summer Uh, it's used in the winter but for sledding and stuff like that Uh, so in the summer it's forgotten about and there are some benches at the top and the bottom of this hill with some shade and it's just absolutely perfect to sit and enjoy a good book which if you know me you know the nerd here at the nerd review you know I love a good book it's one of the things that we talk about even in the intro and today's episode is about a book so I wanted to include this um it's just a great spot like I said it's kind of forgotten about in the summer so I have this this entire hill it is covered it's it's surrounded by trees it's just this like this big clear space that's surrounded by trees at the back of these trails I have the whole space to myself there's maybe couple people walk by they look at the hill and they just keep walking on their trail um but no one ever comes uh anywhere near this area so uh it's like my my secret reading spot that, that I have all to myself and and I just love that uh, so I've been reading a lot of books lately and uh, it's been it's been great it's one of the many hobbies that I have um, here at the nerd review and I, I love also tracking uh, my reading I love I love the statistics that it gives me um, I, I put a lot of effort into the different things that I do and and so tracking my hobbies reading TV watching movies video games um, knowing how much time and effort I put into these things is fun like I, and I also want to challenge myself. I think I mentioned it before. I'm on Goodreads. Uh, it's an Amazon website, actually, or it's like affiliated with Amazon at the least. <laughs> and I, I track my books there. And each year, um, they prompt users to set a book challenge of how many books uh, you challenge yourself to read. And then you can track the books on the website. And I, I track my progress through the books, uh, which I find incredibly fun. Because uh, when you finish the book, it know it well, it shows. Well, it knows obviously you you it knows because you inputted the information. It shows you. Uh, progress updates like on you know the the first Monday I was 10% and on Wednesday I was 15% and the following week I only went up to 18% and then I find this information super interesting and like I said it's my own statistics and like you know how much time I spend on these various sorted hobbies and then like if I know that okay so these two days I read a lot but then I didn't read for a whole week um a whole week <laughs> uh, if I, I didn't read for a whole week um then I'll I'll be like okay well then now on you know Friday and Saturday I'll try to uh, sit down and pick up my book and and read at least a chapter um, just to try to pick up that that average and then I'll enter that information when I'm done the chapter like okay I've read another 20 pages and then when you finish the book it shows you all of these progress and it shows like when you logged like so if you don't if you start reading the book and you don't log it for two days then like obviously it's going to be a bit off but it's a best estimate of however often you can update it they have an app so it's it's pretty easy Um, so I opt I opt updated it it's been a 
month I, I have a hard time speaking I updated it and and you know when I start when I, I try when I start reading the book and then as I go through the book and then when I finish it I write a little review you know how many stars on five uh, and then it shows you like from the day you started and your progress and like when you finish the book and then it shows like all your percentages and there's a lot of interesting information there um, which is is fun when I'm reading like a paperback or like a physical book because I don't have all the statistics that are included when I read an ebook which is included on my Kobo which is where I get the which is originally where I got the 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 hint of statistics of from my reading and then from there it just kind of exploded then like it went like I expanded into movies I'm on Letterboxd uh, for games I found a website called Backlogged which is like probably the best uh, title you could use for a, a website for uh, tracking video games because it's just a huge backlog of video games that you want to play um, and it's 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 uh, it's quite fun in that regard and I essentially have a Rolodex of hobbies that I shift my attention to and fro uh, and it ranges so wide from all things nerd tabletop games from my weekly D&D nights TCGs uh, painting either simple acrylic stuff or minifigures all the way to crocheting though it, it, it has been some time since I did any crocheting so I probably need to relearn some of the basic loop techniques uh, but I could crochet you a basket of hand towels in like two to three hours when I got good at it <laughs> I mean like all that to say that I haven't been binge watching as many TV shows uh, or and I've, I mean I've actually barely picked up my Xbox controller in the last month or so just posting up with a good book in a comfy spot of the house or the woods depending on uh, the weather and delving deep into my book collection uh, which is honestly about to burst I'm absolutely out of space for books yet I keep buying more uh, I found a new passion hobby like I know because I, I need another one like I literally just finished saying how many hobbies I have and not having enough time and I, I found a new hobby uh, and that's how easy it is uh, it's it but it's it's thrifting um, where I moved into this uh, quaint little town and there's this amazing little used bookshop down the street for me and I spend my weekends going there and to these different shops that I found and picking up some excellent fonts and just the the books are amazing the atmosphere is great and the books are a dollar like I'm saving so much money I have books piling up to the ceiling I'm I'm on my fifth book of the year um, I think f four or five of the books I read last year um, from like June to the end of the year were all from this store almost all of them have been uh, from this place um, it's it's honestly amazing I, I really enjoy going there um, and I've been able to find some really uh, amazing Binds. I've easily saved hundreds of dollars on all the books that I've gotten so far and you know they've been you know so one of my favorites absolutely by far I'll say is that uh, it's a 1990 edition of Redwall I did an episode on Redwall it was part of season one uh, by Brian Jakes it always trips me up saying his name because it's it's spelled Jacques like Jacques Cousteau but it's it, that's exactly the spelling Jacques but it's apparently pronounced Jakes it's even in the book like at the beginning of the the page it says like Brian Jakes and then it has in quotes pronounced Jakes and I'm like why why would you why do you take one name which is Jacques and then be like but it's pronounced Jakes like why didn't you just put jakes like somebody just grew up and they're like no i hate my last name so when i have a kid i'm gonna make it really annoying for him to tell anybody his last name for his entire life that's like my only takeaway from that so I, I digress literally uh one of my favorite fantasy series ever i've been reading i'm on book six i believe of that fantasy series there's 22 books in that one so we won't even i'm gonna just try to get right over it like i found the first book in the series 
in almost pristine condition for $1. It's an edition from 1990, so it has one of the really cool, awesome fantasy art covers of the time. Um, all the covers of the book fantasy of like that, that series right now are absolutely terrible. Um, so like I was I was so happy about that one. Um, and like I, there's been so many more too. So like, like uh, that book was a dollar. And then at the same time, the same day, I looked down and I found the the four book box set of Game of Thrones, and that only cost me three dollars. One of the books was free. I looked up that exact same box set on Amazon right now today, seventy nine ninety nine. One that one find at the thrift store including taxes which there is none on the one dollar books that had i bought that book set on amazon it would have cost me 92 dollars. i saved 89 dollars on one purchase that's absolutely amazing and now i'm reading the first game of thrones book um which i haven't even seen the tv series i watched the first episode uh years ago and it bored me to tears but uh, i'm more interested now because the book is actually really good the book was written in 1996 i didn't even know that um i thought it was like a newer book series that was being adapted by HBO into this like animated series. I'm so used to saying animated series um, that uh, it was being adapted by HBO into this series, but I had no idea that the first... uh like few books were literally published in the 90s that was so interesting things that you just you never know like if you don't you don't know you don't know and so i left that the bookstore that day with the four game of thrones books um for three dollars and the red wall book for an extra dollar cost me four dollars and you know like i it's it's honestly exhilarating uh for me like that's that's what it feels like it was it was a rush and it's like that commercial that ikea commercial where you're like start that car start that car because like it's such a good deal and savings that i feel like that i was like stealing them because I'm standing there on my phone looking at it like holy crap this box set is worth almost eight like it's worth eighty dollars online plus tax like right now and I'm about to buy it for three dollars like I'm like I'm going to the cash like, oh, they don't realize like what if what if they know like what if they ask me for all that money I don't have that money I have, I have four dollars you know like I had like a five dollar bill in my hand and I got all five of the books like I said one of them was free I got all five books and they gave me a loony back of I'm, we're in Canada so the doll instead of a dollar bill I got a loony that's what we call our our dollar coins um, uh, and I got the loony back and I was just like, this is this is absolutely amazing. And so now I have this pile of thrift store books piling up on top of my bookcases because every single shelf is like busting at the seams. And and next to these books are um, something even more amazing. Uh, my VHS finds and yes, actual VHS. And, and yes, I still have my VCR hooked up to my TV in my living room in my in my viewing station and so uh so today's episode is about two it, there's like two or three sub genres here we got books we got photon and we there's a bit of vhs thrown in it's uh it's a multitude multitudinal episode so like I, I just love vhs i want to take a moment here to talk about my vhs collection i'm talking about my book collection and and you know i'm always staring at it it's, it's right behind me I'm, I'm also looking at my vhs collection and you know i have my my tv hooked up my i have my tv hooked up obviously uh, i have my vcr hooked up to my tv and you know in a world dominated by streaming services and you know all the cutting edge digital technology uh it may seem peculiar to profess a love for this relic of the past uh yet there's something undeniably charming about vhs tapes the the chunky plastic cases the rewind button that iconic fuzzy static fuzz 
uh, that you know accompany the start of each tape, bringing uh, forth, and it just it brings forth this nostalgia, this wave of nostalgia. Um, you know, for those of you like myself who grew up in the era of physical media, you know, it's 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 a dying breed. Even video games, I, I mostly download them. All my movies are on a hard drive. Um, going to the thrift store and buying, you know, these old books, these clunkers, these you know, they're three hundred pound books. That sound, by the way, was me dropping a book on my desk. Uh, <laughs> um, it was, uh, you know, these these physical movies that have memories. These like all these like amazing, fond memories. Uh, limited storage capacity. Uh, you know, like I have hard drives that have two hundred gigs, but you know, your your blank VHS tape only could record two hours of TV programming. Um, you know, the occasional tracking issues and just all those fond memories. You know, like having to rewind the tape before returning it to Blockbuster or to be more locally appropriate, Videotron, the Quebecois version of, of uh, you know, the Blockbuster and, and all those local mom and pop video stores that just dotted the streets of my childhood. They all add to this unique charm of the, the VHS experience. And it's it's really fun. Like one of the delightful aspects of, of VHS fandom in, in 2023 is the joy of hunting for rare and obscure titles in thrift stores, garage sales, online marketplaces, the thrill of discovering this elusive gem, like a forgotten cult classic or a beloved childhood favorite. It's, it's literally like treasure hunting. Um, and I found so much goddamn treasure. I, I found like amazing finds that I never expected to find. Jurassic Park 1, Jurassic Park 2, uh, Men in Black, all the, like a whole set of Arthur tapes. Some of like my prime childhood memories around, you know, great uh, series that are just kind of hard to find today. Not everything is streaming like everybody would like you to believe. Um, and, and that limited availability and the hunt for VHS exclusives. I'm on the hunt for um, Star Wars Episode Three, The uh, Revenge of the Sith. It's I have the original THX box set of four, five, and six, and I have one and two on VHS. The only one I'm missing, Episode Three, and going out to you know the flea market to find that that exclusive one, you know, that single one and adding that to your collection. It's, it's the level of excitement, uh, that's amazing to experience. Like I said, it's a rush. It's a thrill when you are like, Oh my God, I found it, you know, and it's only a dollar. It's only $2. It's $5, you know? Um, and it, it just becomes part of your, your collection and your experience. And that, that experience adds to the value, the intrinsic value of that, nostalgic item that other people is just you know to them it's just you know a throwaway vhs tape who wants this i could watch this digitally it would be so much better it is absolutely worth the excitement and the fun to go out and and see what you can find if you have like a favorite movie that you used to love watching and you know finding that in that that original slip cover with that artwork you know i'm i'm you know thinking of putting it in a shadow box and mounting some of them just to keep them pristine and and treat them as the art that they are you know I've watched them a few times and maybe I can pick up a second copy of it so that I can continue watching it and I can put it up on the wall because like let me tell you the the excitement is pure um it is it, it is the closest thing I can say is akin to childhood excitement when you find that 
that piece of treasure. Like I said, it's like treasure hunting, which is, like I said, it's exactly how I felt when I found a copy of Independence Day in mint condition, still in the plastic shrink wrap. And it even has a 3D holographic cover, one of those inserts. It was, you know, a special edition. And, and this one is sealed in the plastic wrap. And to think that this was never opened and never played is absolutely crazy. This movie was uh, released on VHS in 1996. I believe it was uh, released on VHS or 1998, one of the two years. Um, and it's it's been there for over three decades, almost almost four decades, depending on which year it came out in. Um, and, and that it only cost me a dollar. This movie brand new in the heyday of, of VHS, new on a shelf in one of those video stores would have cost 20, maybe even $30 when it came out. And like, ugh, suffice to say, you know, that, that these items, the red, the book, the red wall book, uh, and, and this, this independence day have become permanent and prominent artifacts of my nerd collection because in, in a world of streaming services and on-demand content, um, to me, the act of owning and operating a VCR in, in 2023, um, is like an endearing nod to the bygone era. This ritual of, you know, inserting a tape, pressing play, uh, is a nostalgic indulgence that brings back memories of a simpler time. It's a reminder that entertainment doesn't always need to be instant and effortless, but can be a deliberate and mindful experience. So definitely loving VHS tapes and owning a VCR in 2023 may seem like a quirky and eccentric choice, uh, but it is precisely that quirkiness that makes it so endearing to me. The charm of VHS lies in its nostalgia and the thrill of finding rare titles, the joy of that physicality, the warmth of analog anesthetics, embracing VHS and reviving the use of uh, my VCR is a delightful journey into a simpler time uh, and a playful way to relive the past while appreciating the convenience of the present. Um, so I say dust off those VHS tapes, uh, fire up the VCR and indulge in a nostalgic experience that is truly one of a kind. And, and that was a long and wordy tangent on my love of VHS. Uh, so let's, let's bring it back on track let's put it back into focus <laughs> some vhs uh, puns uh and and bring it back to books for a minute here and this episode you know like i said the main focus which is the ya novelization of photon the ultimate game on planet earth which is its own treasure trove of sci-fi and nerd culture from years past um so i had no idea what photon was the cover art jumped out at me uh it's just over 200 pages uh, and it was such a pleasure to read now anyone who grew up in the 80s either has great memories of photon or at least some vague if not cringe memories of the photon tv series and we'll get to that in a bit so before we jump into the ya novelization let's talk about what the hell photon even is uh, to do that we go back in time to 1984 a groundbreaking gaming phenomenon has taken the world by storm, captivating hearts and minds of players seeking, quote, an exhilarating and immersive experience. Enter Photon, the ultimate game of planet Earth. Now, it's often referred to as just Photon, and it emerged as a revolutionary combination of high-tech high tech laser tag and interactive storytelling. 
yeah, it was goddamn laser tag, which just blew my mind because growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, and again in Canada, we had lots of laser tag arenas, but never and not a single photon center. I believe the only one that ever opened in Canada was in Toronto, a little staggering seven hours away from my childhood, uh, which might as well have been seven light years because like, it's not like I was ever getting there. Uh, like, yeah, mom, let's go play laser tag. Sure, where's the arena? It's in Toronto. Let's jump in the car. Seven hour drive. Yeah, no, not happening. Uh, so, I, alas, I only got to play the uh, lesser fun versions of laser tag. And uh, so let's, let's let's take it back to what Photon was uh, before we get so lost in another tangent. So, as back in 1984, Photon was... Like I said, an innovative fusion of physical activity and science fiction inspired storytelling. It was developed by George Carter III, uh, and it presents players with this otherworldly setting in which they could participate in intense laser battles <laughs> using state of the art at the time laser tag equipment. Uh, which is basically what I realized was a game of team deathmatch in an awesome map with mazes, multiple levels within intricately designed arenas, carefully crafted to resemble distant planets or futuristic battlegrounds, and and like groups of your friends battling it out to see who's the ultimate photon warrior. That's absolutely amazing, and I understand video games are fun, but holy hell, I wish I got to experience the fandom that was photon in the late '80s. Uh, I mean, now beyond the exhilarating gameplay uh, Photon incorporated a rich backstory complete with unique characters and an ongoing narrative that players could immerse themselves in and these characters were also used for the TV series and the books it all ties back to the books um, so like it, it swept the nation there were TV commercials and news pieces on Photon and, and go to your Photon Center now and this was the branding around the introduction of laser tag to the masses so that's really interesting i didn't know that i picked up this book i had no idea that it was connected to this huge movement and introduction and like the movement of um technology and immersive gameplay and all of this uh so like yeah photon's impact just like i said on on the the gaming landscape was profound it introduced a new dimension of interactivity uh bridging this gap between virtual and physical gameplay and the you know the blend of all of these uh story elements the storytelling the action the cutting edge at the time cutting edge technology paved the way for you know some de developments in um laser tag and augmented reality gaming to this day they, they said that it's almost the grandfather of these concepts uh and though the the photon craze was huge and has a long lasting impact we're talking about it today uh laser tag is still around and a lot of you know fun to play the craze and business success did not last long uh, after the initial centers opened in 1984, a few short years later in 1987, there were 70 franchises licensed and 45 arenas operating, which is absolutely impressive for a laser tag based virtual game action playing thing. Um, and it, no doubt Photon had swept the nation. It was all over TV. There was leagues, tournaments happening, all sorts of things. Um, and in 1986, the TV series hit the airwaves and it was met with very mixed reviews, which is putting it very lightly. I mean, maybe a lot of kids liked it in the 80s, but it's hard pressed to say that that was a good series. It had 26 episodes and it was 
I'm just going to put it out there. It was terrible. I watched a handful of episodes and it's a lot of 80s blue screen and overacting. And I mean, Power Rangers had better practical effects and it makes it look masterful. But I mean, let's be honest, the Power Rangers is the bomb.com. So like, it's not really a fair comparison. Um, but it, it, it was it was not met it was not what it was not met well that became a mouthful uh and maybe that was the writing on the wall the photon had gone as far as it would uh by 1989 a combination of lost revenue and a lack of financing forces the corporation to sell off its assets and ceases operation though not forever uh one tidbit which i found extremely hilarious there was one more photon center opened in 2008 in oklahoma it opened its doors july 1st 2008 and it closed its doors september 9th 2008 it was open for less than nine weeks which it leaves me with so many questions how the hell did that project ever get approved they had to build an entire center for this invest in equipment the guns the laser tag all of this and for literally no one to turn out and that it closed in nine weeks there was literally no customer base i'm just super curious what the numbers were on this like how much was lost and and all those other interesting tidbits like was there no like like market research done like 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 research on the area did you ask anybody in the immediate vicinity if they would even be interested in going to do laser tag or did they open it up next to like the old folks home and like nobody ever came downstairs like i'm so i'm so curious on those type of things like how the heck did that ever happen um let's move past that one speaking of tidbits uh let's let's talk about the tv uh the tv series the photon tv series now for a bit um it was it was an opportunity to introduce the characters um they carry these characters of the photon the ultimate game on planet earth they had these interactive stories and you could create your own characters and your names and stuff and that was you know so they wanted to introduce the these these characters to the audience in a brand new way and the way that they did that was it was just super awkward and cringeworthy with very low budget it was unfortunate um and i mean now the tv show is absolute cringe fest cacophony of a kids show with jarring characters some of which look like the original inspiration for the shit emoji i kid you not whatever the hell they intended that character to be i don't know but what it is is it's a brown swirl of like it has the consistency of like chunky chocolate so like you can infer what you want from that with like just two terrifying human eyes set into the folds and then a mouth that sends shivers down your spine when it speaks <laughs> which uh you know that's that's as fair as it's ever gonna get i'm not gonna give it praises for being terrible no i am it's it's funny it was a good it was it was a good attempt at a kid's series and they they tried to take a premise and do something with it and uh, uh, the behind the scenes looks interesting. They they seem to have a fun time with it. They did a good job um, casting some of these characters, and it was a practical effect. It, you know, it probably paved the way for shows like Power Rangers. It was uh, a lot of it was filmed in Japan, and then some of it was done in the U.S. And it was a joint project, so uh, that's always interesting when you read those things. So even though the show was terrible uh, by all accounts, uh, there was something intrinsic about its uh, like its hope and like what it was trying to do. It was. 
trying to get you to go play laser tag at the local photon center um, but they they came up with something interesting and they came up with characters and a narrative and that was the the appeal that was the hook of the photon ultimate game on planet earth and uh for me it was just super fun to read the novel without any of that knowledge without any of the knowledge of the series or the photon centers existing in real life um i was able to imagine some cool looking 17 year old going on space adventures with all the other interesting characters along for the journey now had i seen the show the main character or the main character of is is uh, chris jarvis or Bodie lee which is his photon name which i feel is like akin to in 2023 would be like going out by one's gamer tag which has changed a lot in the 30 something years since this was released because now it would just be a bunch of idiots running around with names like xx underscore twilight sucks it's not really as edgy or cool that's that's, that's really for sure um now see if i had seen the show it would be hard for me to picture this cool 16 17 year old and not going you know he's going out for these like sci-fi adventures without seeing this super uncool tv actor christopher lockwood who shockingly was only 18 he literally looks like he's 25 or older uh, in the first few episodes of the show that's how far i got i was able to uh, suffer through maybe three or four episodes i don't even think i made it through the fourth episode um it, it was it was absolutely terrible and no offense to christopher lockwood but uh, he, there, he was really interesting honestly i listened to uh, an interview that is available on youtube with him christopher lockwood interview you can look it up it's on youtube uh it's from 2016 it's very interesting he just talks about uh the show uh, he actually served in the u.s air force post uh acting so that was really interesting to see what he was doing because his imdb page is very sparse if you go to the tv show you click on him it's his only credit and there's not even a photo uh so finding the interview was very interesting but all, all that to say had i seen that show it would have been very hard to like keep the two visuals like separate because the um, the ya novel which is written by Michael Hudson he set out to take the characters and, and he went in a completely different direction uh, which was very well done and so in my mind I'm you know I'm picturing this cool sci-fi adventure with a 15 16 year old and you know he has this cool armor that was described very well in the book and then if you watch the series it's like I said he he, he says he was 18 I'm gonna he looked at least 25 um they fed them well i guess he was very big um and and i guess it's also the way that they filmed it and you know he has on the least cool outfit i have ever seen which i think was actually pretty accurate to the photon equipment of the time which included a whopping 15 pounds of battery packs and i mean assuming that weight went down as the technology progressed like i remember the chest plates and the, the visors and sensors they would give when i was playing laser tag and it was super light and easy to wear so like the commitment to playing laser tag back then was like you had to shoulder 15 pounds of equipment while running around with that gun and trying to like whip it around uh, corners and stuff which is uh pretty impressive so um no I, I digress so the main characters of photon uh, only two of them were humans there was chris jarvis which is funny the main character is has the same name as the actor who played him uh who goes by Bodie lee and uh parcival who was only 10 and he managed to figure out the secret behind the photon centers which is interesting it was a different he got there differently um now the biggest difference that i noticed was in the 
the TV series that Parsifal is very young and he comes across uh, very juvenile. Whereas in the novel, his extreme intellect and his background of growing up without his parents made him a lot more mature, uh, unlike Bodie Lee in many ways. Now, in the book, much like the TV series, Bodie Lee wins the local Photon tournament, uh, proving himself to be the best players around. And one moment, he's standing in the arena with the spectators cheering him on, and the next minute, he's being teleported into a spaceship that is orbiting Earth. And now this is the same for the book and the TV series, but the book takes a very different path, uh, much more mature tonally than the aimed at children uh, live action series that was on in the 80s. Now, in an instant, everything he's ever thought he knew is called into question, and the Chris meets his new sergeant, Narlex Colion, uh, which is actually spelled out phonetically with hyphens, made it a lot easier to read. Uh, so Narlex, as I like to call him, he quickly explains the whole premise that the photon centers are actually recruitment centers for an intergalactic war that is being fought across all the universe and could someday pose a threat to Earth itself. So now he's faced with a choice. Does he accept his calling and join the Guardians of the Light as they battle against the Aryan Alliance? Um... It was interesting. It was a fun little sci-fi thing. Um, from what I read, George Carter III was inspired to create uh, the ultimate game and all of this photon, laser tag, all that while watching Star Wars. Um, so I'm curious how much the Guardians of the Light is supposed to be Jedis and that the Ari... I don't want to say Aryan, but it sounds very close to that, but I, I want to pronounce it Aryan um, and that, you know, how much the Aryans are supposed to be Sith Lords because the depictions are kind of there, um, but loosely enough so that nobody got uh, sued by copyright, which we spoke about in uh, the last episodes. Uh, so there's that. Not not the last episode, the episode before that, the Winnie the Pooh episode. Um, so now a, of, of Chris, of course, Chris decides to join. Uh, he assumes the mantle of Bodhi Lee, leaving his old life behind as he sets out onto a journey into the stars and he hopes to become an even better photon warrior his motives are a bit shellfish shellfish they're a bit shellfish they're a bit selfish at the beginning uh, as he goes through his training he learns a lot and and the book um it's really really well written now unfortunately the book is the first in a series that would not continue uh, Michael Hudson did not write any more Photon books, and this version of the characters and plots exists solely in this one 213-page novel. Uh, there is so much love, though. World building is right there in every page, setting up beautifully all these different aspects of the Guardians, who actually form them, and how it all works. There are a handful of great characters with names like Narlex Coleon and Farther Wellington Pike, or just Pike. He was a great comedic relief character who was also caring and wise. Uh, he cared for Parsifal in his own way, like his own son, recognizing that his young age and advanced intellect as two opposing forces that needed to be balanced for his own good. Uh, while Narlax Coleon tries to stand up for Bodhi as his attitude and ego continue to interfere with his training. And this was just so well written into 
a fairly short novel. Uh, there's a lot of good analogy and comparisons being made in the book too. The writing um, was just so really well done. At the beginning of the novel, one of the most um, impactful paragraphs I found in the whole book. I mean, it, like I said, it's, it's a pretty short book. Um, it's Chris at, at home with uh, his little sister and his mom, and he's forgotten to bring back the art supplies for his sister, uh, and she needed them to do a project. And and this is the this, he's been asked multiple times, and he insists that it wasn't his fault. The teacher, you know, had held him class, held the class at the bell, had held him class. Um, my enunciation and speaking is deteriorating at this point in the podcast so let's let's pull it back together uh so the teacher had held the class at the bell and he had to run all the way to the parking lot to catch his ride uh, in time and while honest he didn't mention that he had stopped by his locker long enough to drop his books but didn't remember the art supplies at the bottom and his mom tells him it's okay and he has to go the next day to get the art supplies and he wasn't off the hook um because she wanted to return them even though they had decided to go out and buy his his sister some new ones uh because the old ones were pretty worn already um but introspectively it was written very well chris it knew like this is this is part of a quote now he knew he was off the hook and this is the quote he couldn't help but excuse him from consequence uh, his mom could sorry the quote was his mom couldn't help but excuse him from consequences of his own bollocksations, uh, whether it was favoritism, his sister's charge, or simply her desire to keep the family peace, his father's opinion, he had profited from it more times than he could count. That awareness had not yet led to any guilt, and this incident wasn't going to be the exception. He hadn't meant to forget after all, and Felicia would be happier with the new toys than if he had remembered the first time he had been asked. And there was just, there's something deep about this ex script like not only does it foreshadow his difficulties that Bodie Lee will face and have Dater Dater will have later down the road uh, as in his guardian training if you have siblings or a big family this may be something familiar with you uh, and like for me it was familiar it brought back a whole host of memories and behaving exactly like just thinking exactly the way Chris was in that moment he had let down his sister which and she was really upset and he had let down his mom by not keeping his word and all the while excusing the fact that he had forgotten again uh, and the lack of consciousness which he was aware of is leading him to believe that he can do whatever he wants and it will work out in the end uh, for others also and though the subtext here is clear his mom will still have to go with his sister to buy new art supplies rather than just use the ones they already had um and there was something about this short paragraph that just hit me like wow that's, that's really good writing and it was really good foreshadowing too for later in the novel when narlex coleone realizes that it's all just a game to Bodhi lee he doesn't grasp that his actions can have long lifelong consequences because in his life he has never faced any consequences for his actions so this this little paragraph at the very beginning of the book had huge implications for the whole rest of the novel which was just something i found super interesting it was a short read but uh such an amazing sci-fi adventure that was very well written michael hudson took the premise of the photon center narrative and all the wacky characters it introduced and managed to shake off the low budget cringe that was the live action series and in my opinion adapted the source material into a compelling young adult novel and it's such a shame that his series was not continued 
there are more Photon novels, but they're aimed at a much younger audience. And instead of Guardians of the Light versus the Aryans, the first novel by Peter David, who's a different author, has Bodhi Lee traveling back in time to kill Hitler. So, yeah, it's a big difference. Um, now, all in all, Photon was really, it was really great, honestly. It was, um, it was a short sci-fi adventure that is just ripe with world building and interesting characters all over the space station. Uh, maybe I'll write my own fan fiction of what happens next for this version of Bodhi Lee, but uh, I have no idea when I'll have time for that. My Rolodex is already pretty damn full. Though, as I say that, I just started plastic wrapping my thrift novels, too. Like, I got this one book. It's, it's right here next to me, actually. Car uh, Carrion Comfort. It's a horror novel about psychic vampires. Completely random. But it had it had this plastic wrap over the book, and it's in pristine condition. It was published in, like, 1992, this copy. And the cover and the back is in, is in such good condition, the book. it's, it's, it's and, and so that started making me think about covering my own book. Some of my thrift books are pretty old, and they're pretty classic titles like this photon book you know i, I don't think it's I, this is the first one i've ever seen it's probably not in print anymore and i've managed to get a good collection going i have a lot of uh, isaac asimov uh, c.s lewis um there's you know this red wall book so you know i checked out a few videos on you know how to best wrap a book <laughs> to be honest i wasn't sure uh what the best option was and you know what to use to wrap the books i assumed there was like some sort of plastic cling wrap that was sold some sort of cellophane maybe um so after a few youtube videos uh one actually by a librarian which was interesting uh but they used like cling wrap and it just it went over the slip covers of like hardcover books and then they used tape which was not what i was looking for um, this is why I watch how-to and YouTube videos before I try doing things like there's so much information already out there um, So it turns out for paperbacks the best option is just clear contact paper like for counters and drawers I, I had no idea I got a big old roll on sale and started covering my paperbacks the other night uh, a couple of tips and tricks from the videos on how to fold the edges and easier cuts to make to you know make the whole process simpler and bam I got a whole stack of covered books that they actually look nicer with the plastic wrap on like the colors pop more and uh, the contact paper is just super really super really super it's really easy to use you can peel it back if there's a bubble and reapply it super easy and it doesn't lose its stickiness um, and I, I mean it, it was a really fun process and now I have a whole stack of covered books that the you know they're gonna stay pristine condition I mean if that carrion comfort or whatever the hell it was called uh, you know can last you know almost 30 years uh, being well it's 24 years i'm getting ahead of myself uh, if it can last like 24 uh was he yeah 20 no 20 20 years 1999 2000 yeah 24 years i'm so bad at math right now um i'm just like i'm so deep in this podcast my brain's not working on math um it, yeah if it can last 20 something years and the cover look that good i hope uh, with some you know brand new higher quality counter contact paper that uh these books will last just as long and honestly i really like the feeling they can like i got a nice feeling of like a, a nice quality contact paper and uh, it's really fun. I find it 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 makes uh, it makes the books very nice. I, I'm very into this new uh, covering my books thing, which now I have to add a card to my Rolodex and and find time to do this. And you know, it's I'll probably just put a movie on and grab a stack of books. Um, you know, that's what I did the other day actually. Like when I do house chores, folding laundry, or like tidying up, instead of music, uh, you know, I'll put on an old movie or something and just hey. 
know, half watch, listen as I putz around doing tasks. And I find it makes the tasks go much faster and they're more enjoyable because you're, you're laughing, you're catching a scene while I'm folding the laundry, or I can plastic wrap books while I, something plays in the background. I find that much more enjoyable. It's, it's great. And you know, on this note, I think I shall wrap up this episode. Uh, once I get to a tangent within a tangent within a tangent, I feel like it's about time to wrap the episode. This has been the nerd review of, I mean, well, books a bit, VHS tapes, plastic wrap, um, contact paper. There's been a lot of subjects in this one. Photon, that's what it was. This has been the nerd review of Photon and a whole other subcategory of nerd content. This has been a good one. Uh, I've enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoy every episode of the nerd review. This is a passion project of mine. I'm going to be here hopefully next week, if not the week after. I'm going to work on episode episode 10. I'm getting ahead of myself again. Season 2, episode 10 of the nerd review. I don't know why I'm starting to rap. I'm this whole episode is getting out of hand now. <laughs> uh, so season 10 is the next episode coming up. I am not sure what the subject is going to be on to be completely honest with you. I have so many, uh, what did they say? Coals in the fire, something like that. Leads, uh, whatever you want to call them, project ideas, episode ideas, uh, nerd crap that I want to talk about. I have seen, uh, like 14 movies in theaters. I literally just saw guardians of the galaxy volume three last night and it it was amazing it made people in my group cry like there was so many great things going on i love the mcu and the new phases are amazing and i don't care what anybody says superhero movies are not dead and let's uh let's let's wrap this episode up before i completely go on another tangent for another 20 minutes this has been the nerd review episode 9 the nerd review of photon books vhs tapes and nerd crap uh, i hope you like this episode i hope you come back for next week's episode without Without further ado, this has been The Nerd, signing off.